This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Everybody was given fair offers, and I thought all of a sudden Vancouver became a, a way more aggressive probably uh, two days ago. So I circled back to all the teams that expressed interest, which was, you know, there was numerous teams that had interest. Obviously, Lindos was a great player. So, you know, I went back and tried to get the best offers from each each team. And I, you know, went back to Vancouver, and we arm-wrestled a little bit more over, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more, and, and they're going back and forth. So, you know, I think today we kind of came out of it saying, okay, Day early this morning, I congratulate Patrick on his new extension, and then he said he wanted to get this thing done today. Okay, so there you go. Welcome to the program. Uh, we kick it off with Calgary Flames General Manager Craig Conroy, that from the uh, Pat Steinberg show yesterday. Big trade around the NHL. The shockwaves still being felt today. We'll talk to Jim Rutherford coming up an hour or two about it. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks acquire... Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. You know all this already by now. If you're a hockey fan and you're listening to this show, you already know a lot of the specifics of all of this. Now the questions become all the ancillary points and questions that we do have. But the primaries are Lindholm in exchange for Andre Kuzmenko, uh, Hunter Brustevich, who's a defenseman for the Kitchener Rangers. More on him in a couple of moments. He's kind of been called the Adam Fox of the OHL. Get excited, Calgary. Um, Yanni Yermo, who's a uh, Finnish defenseman, big size. Not sure if that's really ever going to work out, but we'll see. A 2024 first-round pick and a conditional fourth, as Steinberg points out, if Vancouver makes the Western Conference final. That turns into a third-round pick. Um, this is going to occupy a lot of the oxygen on the show today. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of it's going to be about this Lindholm trade, uh, what it means for Calgary, what it means for Vancouver. And, you know, as Craig Conroy just uh, mentioned there a couple of seconds ago, you know, I, I got best offers from all these other teams and then went back to Vancouver. Uh, now the job of pretty much everybody who occupies um, positions where you try to find out this type of information, we wonder, who are those other teams? I mean, we would imagine the Boston Bruins would have been one of those teams. Edmonton Oilers, perhaps, one of those teams uh, as well. One of the things we'll get into with Elliot Friedman here coming up in a, in a couple of moments. Kelly Rudy, by the way, is going to stop by in Hour 2. We'll talk a lot about this from the Calgary Flames point of view and the Flames perspective. Ian McIntyre at the bottom of the hour from Sportsnet.ca. We'll talk about it from the Vancouver perspective. And as I mentioned off the top, Jim Rutherford, in the proud tradition of Jim Rutherford deals, gets it done well in advance of training deadline and we should point out as well and Rutherford's going to stop by an hour too we should point out as well almost exactly a year to the day that Bo Horvat was traded they make this deal Horvat was traded January 30th this deal made January 31st as we bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada uh, Fried just off the top before you joined us played a clip of, uh, of Craig Conroy talking to Pat Steinberg yesterday um, about the deal how it came together you know getting all the best offers from the other team talking to Patrick Alvin, congratulating him on the new deal and then Alvin essentially saying let's get this thing done today um, yep. you know you had talked about this for a while you put out the tweet yesterday things are heating up we'll see where this goes it ended up being a deal um, we're going to drill down on the specifics in a second, but what were your initial reactions last night, and what are the questions you have today? Well, I, I, it was it was kind of funny. Uh, I was doing an NHL alumni event last night with uh, Matt Sundin and Curtis Joseph, and uh, uh, I got a note saying you better get on this. And so uh, I could only put out the information I had before I had to go into the Q and A. 
And there were a couple of times, like, they were finished answers, <laughs> and they were looking at me like, what's the next question? I'm like, oh, sorry, I was just looking at the phone. But um, so I, I like think the podcast. That, yeah, <laughs> you understand this behavior, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> you, you, know, you, know, you know what it says to me is, um, uh, look, the Vancouver Canucks think they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Like, that's, that's yeah. the number one thing that it says to me is that the Vancouver Canucks are, are saying that this is a go-for-it year, and, and they are going for it. And, uh, and uh, I think that that's, that's the number one message that this says. Um, number two, uh, I think the Calgary Flames, like people were asking, like when they were in the race, you know, does it change their plan? No, I don't think it ever changed their plan. I think sometimes you can plan, and sometimes the plan is forced on you. And because of where they were in some of their contracts, I think this is one of those years where the Flames knew the plan was kind of forced on them. And, you know, look, Lindholm was really struggling. Um, he hadn't played well. Um, I don't think they were anywhere close on an extension. I, I think they were a million a year apart. It wasn't going to happen, and you make the trade. And I, and I think the other thing that we're really learning right now is that you know, if you have, if the Calgary Flames have a player you want, uh, you better call them. Uh, we're going to get to some of those names here in a couple of moments, but um, uh, a couple of things on this deal uh, from the Vancouver point of view as well. Um, how much of this, like I don't, first of all, we all know that Rutherford likes to make deals well in advance of trade deadlines, so that should surprise exactly nobody. Um, this trade, and I just think it's coincidence, is made, you know, one day away from the one-year anniversary of the Bo Horvat no, I, deal. I, I'm, th- and, I'm saying you know, they did it on purpose. Yeah, it was done on purpose, and it was just yeah. one day, one day after, so uh, to, to, <laughs> make, to make throw everybody off the scent. Okay, yeah, very good. Right. Um, you know, I I can't, I can't help but wondering. You know, we've we've seen this before from other teams that the minute you trade someone, the first order of business for you is going to look for someone who yeah, did the things right that you liked from the player that you just you traded. How much? <laughs> you good? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm with someone on the street. Oh yeah, no problem. Well, I'm, okay, I'm so Jeff. here's nice to meet you. I'm one of the reps. Oh no, no, I know oh, you. Li- nice you, you love li- you. You, <laughs> you love listening. listening to me. You've done it your whole life. Okay, so here's my question: uh, How much of this is the Vancouver Canucks looking to looking for someone to replace some of the things that Bull Horvat did for the Vancouver Canucks? He's not a direct replacement. They are still yeah, different players. But there are things that Horvat did, but you know how much of that is, you know what? Horvat could do this. We need someone who could do this here again. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a great question, Jeff. I, I think uh, I, I think it's very true. Look, like um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Gensel and. I think that yep. sometime over the past few days, the Vancouver Canucks, like, look, like all you had to do was hear Conroy or I hear it was Conroy or Rutherford who said it last night that it was, you know, it was quiet and four days ago, Vancouver just said, okay, uh, we're going to do this. And, and these things don't happen in a vacuum. What was last week? Last week was Vancouver scouting meetings. So obviously they got together, yep. they talked about it and they said, and I do think they decided Lindholm was their guy. And I think the reason they decided Lindholm was their guy over maybe someone like Gensel is that, um, look, if you keep now, Rick Tockett has flexibility. If he keeps the Lotto 6-4-9 yep. line together, 
he can play Lynn Holness as number two center. If he doesn't keep that as his uh, uh, line, he can play Lindholm on the wing with Pedersen or Miller. And I, and I think that's what Lindholm does for you is he gives you that area of flexibility. And, you know, that's what Vancouver wanted. And, you know, I, I think they'll see in the they'll see if they'll take a run at extending him. I don't think it'll be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be very hard uh, just because of their cap picture. Um, but um, I don't think they're – put it this way. I think that they acquired him with the idea that they would try to keep him if they could. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that Craig Conroy mentioned last night was, you know, we went to all the other teams that were interested, uh, got their best offers, um, and then the Vancouver deal came together. And the question then becomes, well, who were those teams? Like, yeah. who, who else do you believe was in the sweepstakes here for Elias Lindholm? We strongly suspect Boston. Uh, yeah. I would have to think Colorado as well. I think yeah. we wonder about a team like the Oilers. Uh, there's always a mystery team. Uh, we always include Carolina, even though they're quiet in all deals, even though he was already a, a Carolina Hurricane. Um, who do you know or who do you suspect was also in on this deal? Well, I, I think you're right to suspect Boston. I think you're right to suspect Colorado. I think you'd be right to suspect Carolina. Um, I, I, I suspect Winnipeg. I mean, he fits with the kind of thing that Winnipeg is, is looking at. Um, so I, I don't know that for sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. And the other team I kind of wonder about here is uh, is Vegas. Um, you know, Vegas is a team mm. that um, – now, I don't think Eichel's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. He's supposed to meet the surgeon uh, around now, but the, the, the thought was he'd be back by end of February, beginning of March. So I don't think this is an LTIR play by them. But so, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you have to move things around, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a team like Vegas was, was around it too. Uh, okay, so from the Calgary side of things, they get Andre Kuzmenko, uh, a couple of young defense prospects, uh, most notably uh, Hunter Bruskevich, uh, who, by the way, and you'll appreciate this, might be the most stylish player in the entire Canadian Hockey League. No one has his fashion oh, yeah, more on nice. point than Bruskevich. Yeah, you'll, I, I thought you'd like that one. Um, he's been referred to as the Adam Fox of the OHL as well. Um, yes? Well, I have to say, I hope that, first of all, I think he should change his last name to Smith. It's too difficult to pronounce, um, <laughs> but you know, okay. I, 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 you know, it, it, you're going to give. Like, we're on in Calgary Live right now, right? Like, do you realize how much yes. nightmares you're giving Calgary fans um, by bringing up the name Adam Fox? Like, find another comparison. So I understand that. Yeah, Look, I'm like, ju- listen. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just reporting what has been told to me. This is how he's referred to by many around the OHL, the Adam Fox of the Ontario League. That's all. That's all I'm. Do- I'm not trying to give anyone Adam Fox PTSD in Calgary. Apologize if anyone's, if if that if that sends any any shock waves into the city. But that's how he's been described. Yeah, you know he's a he's definitely a talented kid. Like like I don't see these guys like you see them. Uh, I will, or Jason Bukala sees them. I, I completely concede that. Um, uh, but, like, I've heard, like, a lot of people have described him as kind of like the X factor to this deal. And, um, you yeah. know, uh, that, that you know, like he was drafted just this past year. So Calgary has two years yep. uh, to decide on him. And if, if he drafts someone from the CHL, he holds his rights for two years. Um, and, 
you know, I don't think I don't think Calgary spoke to the kid in advance. Um, but like like that's the kid that uh, that's the one in this deal that look like Vancouver. They're doing what they're doing because they're in a go for it mode, and you take your chances. And I think the Canucks are really happy that um, that they didn't give up one of their top prospects, whether a Villander or a Lakira Mackey, like that was important for them. Uh, but they know that of all the players they gave up in this deal, that this is the one that has the biggest upside for Calgary. And um, I, I think in, in, like this is a deal you can't judge for the Flames now. You judge it with what they do with it. And this is the kid that I think yep. really is the X factor for Calgary. Um, thoughts on Kuzmenko through all of this? Like, it, it wasn't working. It just wasn't working in Vancouver. So we knew he was going to be on the move somewhere. And the one name that jumps out at me when I first saw the deal was Yegor Sharangovich. And, you know, he got the opportunity in Calgary. Um, wasn't, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing at first, but then when he when Sharangovich hit his stride, you say to yourself, all right, you know what? Calgary did just fine in this Tyler Toffoli deal. Uh, I, I guess the feeling is is the same with uh, with Andre Kuzmenko, it hasn't worked out with the Vancouver Canucks, and you know someone in Calgary, obviously Craig Conroy, sees something in Kuzmenko that he believes his program, his team can make work. Your thoughts on Kuzmenko now a flame? I, I I can't tell if they were happy with Kuzmenko or not by talking comments. They were very difficult to, to read. Um, mm-hmm, but yes, <laughs> you know I I look at it this way like. He's not, maybe he's not the player he, he showed last year with the numbers, but he's not yep. the player he showed this year either. He's, he's a better player than that. And, um, you know, like, it's pretty, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, someone got annoyed at me that the deal got out last night. And I said to them this morning, I said, look, like, I, we now know that, that Kuzmenko has been talking to the Flames for like four days. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, hey, just be impressed and stay quiet that long. Um, but I, I think yeah. the thing is, like, I think it was, like, I mean, I think this is, I think this is well handled by the Flames and the Canucks. They gave Kuzmenko permission to talk to Calgary. Obviously, Calgary came prepared. They spoke to him. They said, this is where you're going to go here. This is where you're going to play. Like, like, I think that's the thing here about the Flames is these deals are not only about futures for them. These deals are also about getting guys who can play now and help them now. And, uh, like, mm. look, he's going to have an opportunity. This is an NHL player. They're going to get a look at him for a year and a half. He's going to get a shot on the power play. He's going to play, um, you know, like, it, 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 if he's anywhere, if they can get him back to anywhere, he's not to be the player he was last year, but if he's close, hmm. then Calgary's got a real player there. Like, Vancouver had to do this. They could not make a move without moving his salary. I think that's a good gamble by the Flames. I mean, ultimately, the Flames' part of this deal will be turned out by how um, the Kitchener defensemen or the prospect or the draft picks turn out to be. But it's not a bad gamble at all on Kuzmenko in the short term to look at him for a year and a half and see what you've got. 
So then the question now becomes, what do you expect next out of both teams? I want to park Vancouver here for a second. You mentioned Hannafin a couple of seconds ago. We wonder about Kristanov uh, as well with this team and players that are available. Uh, is it just a matter of, listen, Craig Conroy is open for business, and if he has players on expiring contracts, he's more than willing to listen because they are in sell mode right now. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I think he's still got uh, three more pieces here that at least that we have to deal with. Number one is Tanev. Um, you know, Ottawa took their run at Tanev. I, I don't see that happening this season, but I don't think it's impossible if he goes unsigned in the summer that um, Ottawa takes a run at that. I, You know, I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, there were some reports last night that, um, you know, Tanev could have been included in the Vancouver deal. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're yeah. wrong. I just, I just never heard it in this particular case. I think, actually, I shouldn't say that. What I would say is I think that, like the Canucks kind of said, what if we wanted to include Tanev in this deal? And I just don't think it was a price that they were going to be able to pay. Like it was probably going to be another first rounder, right? And I just don't think the Canucks were going to be able to do that. But, I, you know, I, I do think that no. this is something that will get revisited uh, in the offseason, potentially by Vancouver. I think there's something that could get revisited in the offseason by Ottawa. But who's there now? And I think there's a few teams there now. But, you know, one of, the, uh, one of those teams I think that's lurking is the biggest hockey team in the NHL. And, uh, Jeff... Mm. They, they play just south of the palatial America state. And I'm still wondering. <laughs> I, I said yeah. I said a while ago that he is their target until he's not available. And I still believe that to be the case. And he might not be the only one. They, well, I was going to say, would, he, would there be one target on Calgary for Brad for living or maybe two, knowing how he feels about his blue line? Um, well, you know, the thing about Hannafin is, like, Hannafin's got to make a decision. Um, I do believe that, uh, I, I do believe that Calgary would like to keep him. Um, you know, I mean, it depends. There's, there's two things here. There's number one is, um, what does Hannafin want? And number two, you know, what becomes available for him? And uh, I do think Calgary has made it very clear they'd like to keep him both in words and what they've offered. I think Hannafin has to make a decision. And, you know, I, I think the other thing that does, knowing that the, you know, the Flames have made him a, a very generous offer, is what does that do to other teams out there that like him? Because I think there are some. So, so I think the, Han the Hannafin sure. situation is as much in his hands as it is in others. And Markstrom, you know, I, like, I'm, I, have, I have no doubt teams have asked you know my position on this. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that you've really got to make the Flames want it to happen to even go through the pain yeah. of going to him. Which is why I think a lot of us wonder about Dan Vladar through all of this as well. The price, I'm with you, like the price just, for Marshall will heard, be sky high. I just, heard there hadn't, yeah, I just heard there hadn't been a ton of interest, that's all. 
See, that, that's intriguing to me. You know, it, it, it really is considering, and, you know, no disrespect to Dave Riddick, but right now, and, you know, the Kings won a game last night, and there was Dave Riddick again in net for them with 39 save performance. Right now, Dave Riddick is the number one goaltender for the Los Angeles Kings. And I have a hard time believing that Rob Blake is not scouring the NHL universe trying to get a goaltender for each. No, I take that as disrespect to Dave Riddick, and I'm going to tell him so right as soon as we're done. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, one more thing, uh, Vancouver. Uh, I don't think anyone would believe any uh, anyone from Vancouver if they said that they were done. So what's next for Vancouver? Well, I, you know what I think now, I, like, like I think that this the, the big names are probably done here. Um, I mean... Uh, like I think we most likely wait to the summer to see what happens with Patterson. Um, you know, I so that look like that's their biggest trade. I I I mean Rutherford could always surprise me, um, but I think that that's their biggest trade that they're going to make right now. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think what it comes down to is probably health on the blue line. Um, uh, you know, uh, Susie's been hurt a couple of times. Um, you know, yep. Juleson's been very good for them, and and they do like Juleson. Um, But I, I just wonder if maybe there's a depth play at goaltender, uh, sorry, a depth play at, on defense that they consider simply yep. to protect against injury if they feel they need to. Like the the one thing they've also talked about here is how do they feel about Ian Cole p- playing on his uh, weak side? And they were going to get a bit of a right. look at that, but then Susie got hurt, so. That's the other thing they just might want to protect against. Uh, okay, so maybe the biggest fish for trade deadline is now off the board, and that is uh, Elias Lindholm, now a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, are there and a couple I should of say, other... Jeff, I should say, Jeff, yes. that at All-Star, at All-Star, he will have a Canucks patch on his jersey. They had yes. that done last night, I heard. So, And apparently he's going to wear yes. number 23 in Vancouver because number 28 Correct. is... Uh, reserve for Luke Bordon. I don't know if that's been announced yet, but someone just told me that. Yeah, that is that is very much true. And you know, Ian Cole, you know, switched his number because originally it was twenty eight. He switched his number to go eighty two, and that is very much Luke Bourdon's. Um And so, yes, to your point, uh, Lindholm will wear number twenty three for Van. Um, so, who's so amongst forwards then? Because we saw two biggies go. Um, who's most interesting to you? Is it Sean Monahan or Adam Henrique? You mentioned Jake Gensel. Um, maybe Kaliev, maybe Roslovic, maybe Vetrano, maybe Middlestat. Who's who's intriguing out there for you amongst forwards? Well, you named a lot of good names there. Um, you know, first of all, I just wanted to mention Alex Turcotte, first NHL goal last night. Yeah, and I got a goal. Kid's been through yeah. a lot. Kid's been injuries sure and has. everything. So I think that's a yeah. really, really nice, nice moment for him. And you know what? Like moments like that, when you're going, when you're dragging through the mock like the Kings are, like those become even bigger wow. moments because it gives you something to rally around. But um, totally. I, I, to me, like Gensel to me is the most interesting guy because I think that number one, he's a really talented player, and number two, it probably tells us where the Penguins are going. So, totally. like that, that, that's like the Gensel thing. It would be most interesting, Jeff, because it's not only about him; it's about 
it's about a team that is just seven years away from back-to-back cups, and they still have, like, you know, I'll tell you something really interesting. Someone sent me a note yesterday, and I haven't watched it yet, but in the last Penguins game, Carlson was taken off the first power play. And, uh, you know, that's not something we thought. I mean, it is unbelievable to me that that team had the number 31 power play in the NHL with the great players that they have on their roster. So that's why I think Gensel, that's why I think Gensel situation is the most fascinating. Intriguing. Okay, um, you mentioned L.A. there a couple of seconds ago. So, man, I'm happy for those guys uh, on that team. I'm happy for Rod Blake and Todd McClellan. They go to the All-Star break with one win under their belt on this uh, little mini three-game road trip. And we all know how the heat is on in L.A. to do, quote-unquote, something. Well, now L.A. is on their All-Star break. Uh, They're on their pause. And we wonder, you know, despite the win last night, congratulations, knocking off the the, uh, Nashville Predators. Again, as I mentioned, Dave Riddick in net for it. Um, What's Rob Blake thinking? And does that that win, it's going to sound harsh, but does that win mean anything for Rob Blake? Well, it means that you feel really like, you know, you're not quite as angry. Like when Rob Blake gets his surfboard this morning, and goes out on the uh, <laughs> uh, on the waves of the Pacific Ocean. He's not as angry as he was two days ago. Like you don't mm. have to stew uh, like after X amount of losses in a row. Like you you leave in a little bit of a, yeah. a better a better mood. Um, so I think that's that's number one. Look, like I think if look we've talked about this sometimes with your coach you get backed into a corner. And you just say, all right, um, this is our coach. And, and you say, we have to make a change. Rob Blake could have done that already if he wanted to. Now, I'm not saying it won't happen, but it clearly says to me he doesn't want it to happen. You know, Arvidsson's getting closer. Um, I think they're really hoping that that changes something for them. And we'll see. But I, the only the only real trade stop, and that's I, I never hear everything. So there are things that could be missing. I do have to think that they'll move Kaliev. Um, like it's not yeah. it's not a coincidence. I don't think that he's been scratched twice since it got out that he may not be happy. So like I, I think I mentioned mm-hmm. on one of the previous pods, I think he moved Kaliev for a depth forward with some edge to them. And uh, we'll see. But mm-hmm. I do think they've really hoped that Arvidsson's return could make some things better for them. Uh, real quick before I let you go, and it's a, it's a busy day for everybody, certainly in and around Toronto. It's All-Star Weekend, and the draft is tonight, and the three-on-three showcase of the PWHL. Um, yep. And then we have skills tomorrow, and then the game on Saturday. Like it's, a, it's a busy time, but you know what seems to be, I don't want to say stealing a lot of the headlines, but just looks really cool, and I'm dying to get down there to see it, is that Gretzky pop-up. On, uh, on, on Richmond Street. I'm trying to figure out I'm when I can get down there to see this, Elliot. Well, you can oh, probably do it, it tomorrow. Looks we have a bunch of inter- rage. We have a bunch of interviews tomorrow, we got- so you can probably get there after. Well, I'm going to be right there, but the problem is i got to come back to finish up this radio show afterwards. So I'm thinking uh, maybe if I can squeeze in a quick, quick ditch. Make Mark Casey do it. <laughs> after announcing that here? After announcing yeah. it here, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play hooking, go to the, the go to the Gretzky pop-up. It looked great, but you know what was even cooler? Seeing Wayne Gretzky walk through it. 
Like, I always yeah. wonder what goes through people's minds when they walk through, you know, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, it's one thing for you and I to walk through the Hockey Hall of Fame and go like, oh, wow, that's neat. And, oh, yeah, I remember that game. And, oh, look, they have this stick or whatever it is. And, oh, wow, remember this video and this international tournament. But I've always wondered, like, what goes through someone's head, specifically Wayne Gretzky, where you walk through the Hockey Hall of Fame or, in this case, a really cool pop-up. Uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky, this is your life. Uh, like, I just, always just sort of wonder what goes through people's heads and if you know you, you get you know a little bit older and you have more perspective on your career like just sort of how nostalgic you feel about how you did and what you did and the legacy that you left i, I don't know if there's necessarily a question in all of this other than it was really cool to see wayne gretzky walk through that yeah i, I agree with that and that video with him and bisonette's mom and bisonette tweeting yeah keep your hands to yourself or watch your hands wayne like that's that was hilarious stuff. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I, I think, you know, we, you and I are going to tape this afternoon, and uh, uh, I hope yep. to get down there in the afternoon. I hope to walk by in the afternoon and do it. It is, it is pretty amazing. I really, uh, um, there, there's, you know, it, it, I walked, I was, when I was walking downtown last night a little bit, I just went for a walk, and, you know, people were saying to me, like, since the Raptors went to the NBA final and won it in 2019, What's been like the biggest thing in downtown Toronto? Like it's been almost five years since anything like that. Yeah. And and some so some people I know who are from the city they were like it's great to see this the downtown this alive for All Star Weekend mm-hmm. and so that's that's obviously a huge part of it but I agree with that like there's some energy I moved downtown uh, this weekend so Steph's boyfriend could come over. And uh, I got to tell you, it, it's alive down here. <laughs> she loves that joke, by the way. She really loves it when you make <laughs> that joke. Uh, you make that someone, joke. Someone, she's, I'm going to get a text sometime this afternoon. Did you make a joke about my boyfriend? Probably. Yeah, exactly. That's that's gonna happen. It's still funny though. Still funny. Uh, okay, enjoy your afternoon. Uh, we'll check you later on for another uh, another pod recording. You be good. We'll uh, we'll touch base later. All right, buddy. Take care.